You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. I am back in studio. Um, I heard reports were that my phone recordings weren't the worst, so it's good to know that uh, when it is non-holiday travel, I have another way to uh, to record course i don't have the same editing software on the phone at this point so it's it's a lot more choppy but uh sorry it's it's radio science we had just one podcast over the last week because the indians went out and signed cesar hernandez let's start out the show by talking about what followed after that uh in terms of the 40 man they had to make a move to clear space i was pretty shocked by the move they made then let's talk about what has occurred in major league baseball over the last week we have seen uh, uh, one position in particular kind of raised to the forefront of free agency. So Cesar Hernandez is a great ad. I am very happy about that. I talked about it in depth on the last podcast. I don't need to go into it anymore other than other than to say that uh, I hope the volume's better now. I was messing around with the controls there. But um, the Indians got better with that. Now, I was surprised to see them release Eric Haas. One, they don't have any catching in the upper minors outside of Haas. Two, he's very likely to be claimed by another team because of his power potential behind the plate. And three, they have a million and a half relievers on the roster right now. I mean, I'd much rather, frankly, get rid of Delano Shields than Haas, who's a solid defender. He's a work in progress, even though he is 27. But as a backup, I mean, you could do a lot worse than Eric Haas, and I felt that way for I'd personally rather pay Eric Haas league minimum than Sandy Leon $2 million, especially when you're the Cleveland Indians and you are scrimping your pennies, that seems silly. It seems the height of foolhardy when you are counting every last dime to pay your backup catcher $2 million and then to let a serviceable guy with some power potential go for nothing because you're going to hold on to James Hoyt or because you're afraid that um, Juan Carlos Mejia won't get through waivers even though he didn't pitch very well last year and has still never made it above A-ball. It's frustrating for me. I don't get it. Um... I don't see any way he, he, he does not get claimed. Uh, yeah, he strikes out a lot. Yeah, he's going to hit for low average. But uh, he has, you know, 20, 25 home run power and is a solid defender. He is, you know, I heard nothing but great things about him going through the minors. He worked his tail off to go from a non-prospect to someone on the 40-man who's gotten time in the majors. Uh, he did everything that was asked of him. And again, it's just very odd in terms of the team's depth and how the 40-man is already stacking up. I mean, in a year, Cindy Leone is definitely gone. And you have Roberto Perez and... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we are. I mean, Bo Naylor is your only other catcher of note really in system. Uh, I'm, You know, I, I really liked... I'm a blanket Brian Levastida and what he did this year. Those are your two catchers, and neither of them are above low A. Uh, I, I don't know what what's going on. I don't understand some of these moves sometimes. And this is one where you got so many other options. Use those. So uh, I can't remember if I talked about this on the last show or not, but I just have to say, you know, Dellen Batances to the Mets. I thought that was a phenomenal deal for the Mets. I, another one I would have loved to see the Indians do. Because, you know, again, at peak, Batances was arguably the best reliever in baseball. Uh, he's going to make $7.5 million in 2020 with a $3 million buyout for 2021 and uh, a player option at $6 million. So if he's terrible, I mean, it, 
like they say that it's a minimum of a ten point five million dollar contract. But let's face it, if he's if he's terrible, he's going to get thirteen point five no matter what. Um, that player option is a it's a nice deal because it essentially makes it a ten point five million dollar one year contract. And if he's great, he'll go back into free agency and have a chance to secure a massive payday. If he's bad, well, he'll just exercise his option and get $6 million. So it's, it is a deal that is friendly to the player. Um, it, it is a deal that would not make sense for the Indians in their current form. I think for the Mets, it's a great deal. They have the money to spend, and if he is at his peak, he is really good. So I had to talk about Batances because I had been talking about him throughout the process. One position that we had seen in free agency kind of get ignored so far had been outfield. We had not had a lot of outfielder sign. The, you know, Nick Castellanos has had a lot of talk with him, but essentially nothing has happened there. Uh, Marcelo Zuna was given the qualifying offer. Nothing really happening there. And it's interesting because what we're seeing is more like the mid-range options are just getting snapped up all over the place. So in the past week, we have had uh, Corey Dickerson go to the Marlins. Uh, another guy. I mean, if you recall, it was like Hernandez, Bentances, and Dickerson was really my my wish list uh, for the Indians. Uh, and you know, you, you get down to it, he got uh, seventeen point five million over the next two years for Corey Dickerson. It's not bad, but it is again, you know, what that's eight point seven five on average. Uh, if you combine Dickerson and Leplo, that's that's high, high-level performer in that platoon because of how well they each do. Marlins are interesting because they are being intelligent. You know, they got Villar on the cheap. They added uh, Cervelli to be a uh, backup type for them. They went out and took a risk on Aguilar after his down year. It, I like what their management is doing. Um, these are nice... Uh, cheap ads uh, for a team that's extremely low salary. But Dickerson, he's only 30. You're paying him for what, age 30, age 31? Uh, two years, 18 million essentially. Yeah, I mean, great deal by the Marlins. Great get for them. Then after that, we had that the Diamondbacks added Cole Calhoun. Uh, his is two years, 16 million in guaranteed money. Um, which is six million next year, eight million in 2021, and then a two million dollar buyout. If he's good, it's a nine million dollar uh, final year. It's interesting because the Diamondbacks did need an outfielder. Uh, Calhoun is a solid regular. He was, uh, you know, the Angels chose not to pick up his option, and he found a contract out there. Now, I always thought that uh, Ed, Eddie Rosario of the Twins made a lot of sense in a trade to the uh, the Diamondbacks, but essentially adding Calhoun eliminates that outfield need and makes uh, Robbie Ray to the Twins a lot less likely. So, uh, Indians fans, you should be happy with this signing. The Cole Calhoun addition to the Diamondbacks just made it harder for the Twins to add pitching depth, which is a huge need for them right now. And then let's talk about the last guy, someone I have talked about extensively on this show. Um... It's interesting that Shogo Akiyama, uh, you know, there was talk that he was going to get three, four million a year. Now, after kind of a bit of a bidding war, he's getting three years, 20 million. So, you know, he's getting more money uh, guaranteed than any of those other outfitters we talked about, um, significantly more than we ever thought he was going to get, which was, uh, you know, maybe like three years, 12 million. Uh, There's been. 
a few reports. I don't think I've seen the the nailed down money. There's also some talk closer to 15 million. But either way, that's more than anyone thought. The Reds are interesting for a lot of reasons, but when you look at them adding Shogo, he could play center field for them, which is a need because Senzel did not play very well there defensively. Um, Jess Winkler destroyed righties, struggled with lefties. Shogo could be part of a platoon with him. Uh, Aristides Aquino had that great half a season, but no one's expecting him to get back to that level. Uh, or even come close to it. Scott Shebler was an all-star two years ago. Phil Irvin was a former first-round pick. They added Travis Jankowski, who's been a long-time uh, player I wish the Indians would chase because of his his defense and the skills he has, make him an ideal kind of fourth outfield type. The Reds uh, have more outfield depth, which makes that talk of a Lindor deal certainly more interesting now. Now, Shogo obviously would not be part of a Lindor deal uh, because his age... It just doesn't make that very likely. But it allows the Reds to enter in a position where they are more able to consider moving an outfielder, be it Winkler, be it Senzel. Um, I can't see them moving both of those guys. But either of those guys is certainly a little bit easier to consider trading at this point than uh, before. And when you look at the outfield market and free agency, there, of course, are the two big names I mentioned. And then, honestly... Yasiel Puig is probably the next guy up. He's probably the third biggest or third best outfielder available. Uh, I would not be opposed to bringing him back, especially because the cost should be down at this point for him. Uh, And when you get down to that Indians outfield, even if you are extremely positive, yeah, Marcado and center, we're all feeling good about that. Luplo is part of a platoon, sure. I don't think anyone's really trusting him as a a full player. Daniel Johnson's just going to step up and win the other half of that platoon. Okay. But what's the other outfield spot? Are you trusting that Bradley Zimmer's not going to be made of glass? I mean, both him and his brother have been for their entire careers. I, a healthy Bradley Zimmer, I stand, is an above-average outfielder. Uh, he's going to be low-average, low-on-base, but he could hit about 35 home runs in a season and play gold-glove uh, caliber defense. I mean, his, his angles and the ground he covered, I think sometimes we forget just how good he was. Um... I, if if I could count on Zimmer being healthy, I would be totally fine with a Zimmer, Mercado, Luplo, Johnson outfield. And when Johnson played, nothing is dropping in that outfield. Like, that would be a fun outfield to watch. Um, it would be spectacular. But I can't count on Zimmer being healthy. Naquin's not there. Greg Allen, Delano Shields, um, nah. So the Indians really need to add an outfielder. Um they really, really need to add an outfielder. And yes, I know there's some smart aleck out there going, you forgot about Fran Mel Reyes. I mean, maybe he'll show improvement. I mean, the guy is built like a defensive end, though. And he plays outfield like you'd expect a defensive end to play outfield. I don't have a lot of faith there. His best position is DH, let's be honest. Um, I, But then again, I'm not someone who's high on Bobby Bradley. Like, if you are really high on Bobby Bradley, then maybe you're like, yeah, Fran Mel in the outfield, Bradley at DH, we're set, let's go. And maybe the Indians are that. I don't. I, I just don't see it. I, I think I've established my view on Bobby Bradley. Um, I wish him best. I hope he proves me wrong. But I don't have a lot of expectations there. So Puig would be ideal. You could put him out there. He is much better against righties. Um, but he's adequate against lefties. So you just let him go. And you put him out there. The other guys to really look at in this outfield market, Brock Holt. Um, I think he's a good addition. He was about a league average bat a year ago. 
and he was about a league average bat. A little bit better than that the year before that. He is entering his age 32 season. Uh, he was an all-star back in 2015. He wasn't even that good that year on the whole. Um, he's a useful player, though. Uh, ideal in a platoon uh, scenario, honestly. You probably never want him to face a lefty. But he can play second, outfield third. That flexibility is important to a team like the Indians, and we know Tito would love him. Uh, Tito would just, I mean, it's easy to look at Brock Holt and be like, yeah, that's a Tito dude. Uh, Eric Thames is technically an outfielder. I, I Let's look at the last time he actually played. I mean, he did play 12 games in the outfield a year ago. I mean, he's basically a first baseman. So, uh, I mean, maybe you could put him out there. The bat was quite good a year ago. His OPS plus was a, uh, is a 117. Since he's come back from Korea, a 125, a 106, a 117. Like, he has hit the snot out of the ball. Uh, he's going to be relatively cheap to sign. I mean, it, it, if you're looking at, like, a Domingo Santana or an Eric Thames, I'd rather both are going to be pretty terrible in the outfield, but Thames is bad is someone you can trust. Uh, it's, it's a bat you can trust a lot more than uh, Santana, who's been nothing but inconsistent throughout multiple teams and his major league uh, career. Uh, Thames also walks a bit, 75 walks in his first year. He split time in 2018 due to injury and Aguilar's hot performance. 51 walks. Uh, There's going to be a lot of strikeouts, but there's going to be power. There's going to be offensive production. Um, If you're going to try Fran Mill out in the outfield, then maybe you look at Thames as a DH candidate. He's going to make your offense better. Um, another left-handed bat. But, uh, yeah, I just keep it in mind. And then Hunter Pence, who had a really good first half with the uh, Texas Rangers, uh, mostly playing DH. He had 23 games in the outfield, 46 at DH. He only played 83 games last year, but he made an all-star game team and a 126 OPS plus slash nine, 297, 358, 552. He was really good. Um, he is going to be 37 in April and it was kind of an out of nowhere year. Um, his previous two seasons, 2018 and 2017 were well, well below league average, but you go back to 2016, he was an above average bat. Um, really kind of an underrated guy when you get down to it. I mean, he, in Houston, I remember when there was talk of like trying to trade for him, and he was he's a little bit underrated. Then he became overrated, one of those guys. But 1,700 games for his career, his OPS plus is a 115. He's been a solid offensive performer who, if you can get on a really cheap contract, again, maybe he is mostly a DH, can occasionally play some outfield, uh, right-handed bat with some power, always something that fans want. Um I have no idea what he would cost, and you know, in since 2014, when he last made an all-star appearance, if we go back to 2015, he has played in over 110 games once during that time. He's played in over 100 games only twice in that time. But yeah, all-star last year, really, really played well, but age and injury makes him one, and I mentioned Domingo Santana. I'm just not high on Santana. I know other people are a little more intrigued with what he could conceivably do. I just... I don't have that faith um, in him. And like I said, it's one thing when you look at an Eric Thames who's been consistently uh, performing offensively. But at the when you look at the other side of things with Santana where it's been up and down, up and down, and you have the defensive questions, eh, I'm good. Um, 
So let's just kind of talk about some of the other stuff that's bouncing around. Caleb Smith is a name to uh, keep in mind. Uh, talk the Marlins would consider moving him. He had a not-so-good second half. The Indians were uh, chasing him at the trade deadline. I don't know if people remember this. It kind of slips some minds. Uh, he's 20. He'll be 28 this year. I just want to pull up his split stats because the first half he was really, and there was some talk that the Marlins and Twins were discussing, again, something around an Eddie Rosario deal, and Caleb Smith would be the guy. So in the first half, you're looking at a guy who batting average against of 201, his strikeout to walk ratio is a 4.19, OPS against 699. And in the second half, 13 games in the first half, 15 in the second half, all of a sudden, his OPS against jumps to 800. His batting average against jumps to 242. Strikeouts to walk jumps to a, or drops to 2.05. Just a completely different guy. Couldn't miss bats anymore. It was a lot easier to hit. Um, it is interesting, again, because like I said, the Indians saw something there that they really pursued him pretty heavily. And we'll see what, uh, what develops there because there's talk that... Um, Jose Quintana could be on the roll uh, move for the Mets. David Price's name comes up. There's always the the John Gray talk, Robbie Ray, Matt Boyd. Pitching market has just uh, gone away. So the trade market is really where it's going to be. Uh, I am kind of intrigued still by Alex Wood. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, he is the top free agent left. He was so good until his injury plague season a year ago. I mean, lefties in their late 20s, uh, it, it, I'm surprised he doesn't have a contract yet uh danny salazar not a whiff not a anything it's it's kind of interesting just how much uh everything has fallen apart for him someone's gonna give him a try but i mean he didn't look like he had anything left a year ago and when the indians give up on a guy there's not a lot of teams that feel like they can go in and fix him it's like if the indians couldn't fix this guy what chance do we have so I'm going to wish him the best because I wish everyone the best. I have no one out there, even the few players I could sit back and say were kind of rude to me at various points when interviews are talking in the minors. I wish them all the best because I love baseball. Uh, and Danny Salazar was never rude or anything. He was always uh, a dice guy in the minors. Let me just put that on front street before anyone says anything else. Um, so that's kind of where we are. The quick catch up. The free agent market is getting sparse. Uh you know, we've got Josh Donaldson is kind of the one star left. Then you probably could say Castellanos and Azuna are honestly the, the next two guys up in terms of name value. And honestly, if we hop over and look at the MLB Trade Rumors Top 50 Free Agents, I always enjoy their site. So yeah, those are the first three guys. Those guys are all in the top like 15 or so. Uh, Will Harris, the reliever for the Astros, who checked in at 22nd on their list, is the next guy up for four. And to find the fifth guy left, I'm still scrolling Daniel Hudson at 28. Um, even Avasal Garcia, who I didn't even talk about, another outfielder, gone, Howie Kendrick, gone. So if I wanted to get down to number six, uh, that's Robinson uh, Chirino. Seven would be Jason Castro. Eight, Craig Stamen. Nine, Steve Chezik. And 10, Yasiko Puig, who we talked about on the show. So yeah, it's it's picked over. And the Indians do like to bide their time, and they, they like to wait and kind of let the market play out and then swoop in uh, what's left. But at this point, um, they need to start swooping because there's not much left. Uh, they, they have some needs to uh, take care of. They definitely need to add an outfielder, maybe multiple outfielders if one is being honest. So 
yeah, at this point, uh, looking squarely at Puig. Like, an Indians-Puig reunion really needs to happen. Uh, he makes sense to the Indians. There's been some talk, like, with him. The Chicago White Sox, and their team have really heard any rumors about. Uh, there was some talk that he might end up in Japan somewhere. Um, I, I don't know if that was, like, honest or just a, another guy kind of joking about it. But, yeah, there's not a lot around him. He got along fine with everyone in Cleveland. Uh, Puig back to the Indians. Let's let's get it done. It's it's best for all sides. Figure out some kind of, you know, two year deal, that uh, mutual option with a, a small buyout or something like that. So he essentially gets a one year prove it contract to uh, to try to bounce back. Because at the end of the day, he's still, you know, uh, he's twenty nine. Just turned twenty nine. So you're getting him for his age twenty nine year. And if he bounces back, then he's an age thirty free agent. Uh, if he really bounces back, uh, the Indians could always give him the qualifying offer, though that would be highly unlikely with the way they've used the qualifying offer over the last few years. Thank you, everyone who's listening, rating, and reviewing. Um, I'm going to get better about responding to people on Facebook. Uh, it's a, I don't log into Facebook a ton, I'll be honest. And the Messenger app for sites doesn't work well like i can use it on my personal facebook but if i like go to i can't even read the messages people send me and i'm extremely extremely absent-minded so i just personal apology to anyone sending me messages they're not being ignored i have just been bad about spending the time to log in on my computer and respond so that's on me but i wanted to apologize about that now because i appreciate everyone who's out there downloading listening and helping keep this podcast go as always Thank you, first and foremost, to all the fans. Rate and review. That helps me so much. And go Tribe.